When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Amendments to the Common Agricultural Policy are being drawn up after farmers and their representatives gave their feedback We look at the sheep welfare scheme and what the changes for the coming year will mean for participants. Concerns for the future of the suckler herd are being voiced at a nationwide series of meetings. We hear about hiring farm staff and what you need to know as an employer. And John O'Connor has more on the stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. 18,000 sheep farmers will share in... €16 million to be issued in respect of advance payments for the sheep welfare scheme it's been announced by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine. The Minister for Agriculture, Mr McConlogue, said the commencement of advance payments under the Year 5 of the sheep welfare scheme were now underway. Commenting on the issuing of the advance payments for the 2021 sheep welfare scheme, IFA National Sheep Chair Mr Sean Dennehy said the new reference periods would be worth over €2 million more for farmers in the SWS sheep welfare scheme. Sean Dennehy pointed out that the new reference periods for the scheme provided established flocks with a higher 2017 year or the original 2014-15 reference years for payment calculations. New entrants, he clarified, could use 2019 to reflect the process of establishing their flock. The minister had announced his intentions earlier this year to update the reference periods to better reflect the actual activity levels on sheep farms, and that, he said, follow the IFA's call to bring the reference periods up to date. Mr Dennehy said the Minister had now honoured this commitment and provided the additional funding for this year's and next year's SWS sheep welfare scheme, increasing payments to farmers by over €4 million over the two-year period. Sean Dennehy said the focus must now be on building up a scheme in the new cap to bring payments to €30 per year. He said the current strategic plan lacks the funding and ambition to provide this and must be amended to the €30 per year figure. He said the sheep sector offers huge environmental and socio-economic benefits in some of the most difficult land areas in the nation. The sector was extremely vulnerable and its long-term sustainability was dependent on meaningful targeted payments to the farmers who lamios, which is the cornerstone of the entire sheep sector. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Sheep specialist Damien Costello was a guest on the Chagask Overcast to discuss the sheep welfare scheme. 
He gave some background to the scheme before discussing the changes to the reference number for the coming year and what this will mean for participants. The, the sheep welfare scheme was initially launched as a, a four-year scheme. Uh, it started off in 2017, so it covers the years 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. Farmers were paid um, €10 Euro, uh, per, per eligible yo. Um And again, we're talking about here uh, is breeding yo's. Uh, and replacement your lambs uh, are eligible once they reach 12 months of age. Uh, they also had to take on a, a couple of actions uh, as well as that in order to qualify for the payments. Uh, so the options for the actions uh, were different uh, depending on whether you were dealing with a lowland or, or a hill farm. And at the moment, I think it's in the region of about 18,000 sheep farmers participating in, in the current sheep welfare scheme. So it has been extended in uh, for the years 2021 and 2022. Uh, so that takes us right up to the, the next cap period, uh, which commences in 2023. Uh, so the current scheme year we're in uh, is running from the, Feb- the 1st of February 2021 uh, up to the 31st of January 2022. So I suppose the initial reference number uh was based on the average of what a farmer had on his census returns in the years 2014 and 2015. And assuming that eligibility criteria were met in terms of the measures chosen by the applicant, along with maintaining the eligible your numbers at or above the reference number, then the farmer was paid €10 Euro per year annually based on that reference number that he started out with. David, there are some changes in this going forward and many of the participants will have got notified via letter last week about those. You might outline what they are. Yeah, that's right. I suppose in a press release last January, uh, Minister McConnellog uh, indicated that in view of the rollover of the scheme for the, the further two years, uh, that he had sought approval uh, to change the reference year uh, to reflect the numbers that were beyond the 2017 census returns um, and this approval was duly granted and last week as you say uh, scheme participants would have been receiving letters uh, confirming their position so on this letter uh, the existing reference number was quoted um, along with the number that was recorded on the 2017 census returns and the new reference number uh, is now the higher of these two figures uh, so this reference number will apply for the current scheme year and it will also apply for the 2022 scheme year. So for some farmers uh, where flock numbers have been relatively stable, uh, the figures are largely similar. However, there are cases you know, where a farmer might have been building your numbers during that period and this can result uh, in a higher payment. I mean, just on that one, like, what's the implication for a farmer whose numbers might have dropped since 2017? Yes, uh, if if the number of eligible yo's um, on the most recent uh, census returns is lower than the, the reference number, uh, then this is the number uh, he will be paid on. And again, uh, as we've always said, it's it's important uh, for farmers if there are uh, changes, uh, particularly changes down in numbers, uh, that they notify the department uh, in writing of any any such change. And for more episodes from the Ovicast podcast, visit the show page at tagusk.ie forward slash Ovicast podcast. Gronia Hurley, Tagusk advisor, is with us this week. Later, we'll hear about progress with the Tagusk Dairy Gold Monitor farmers, who are also signpost farmers. First, Gronia has news of some upcoming events. Tagusk Corkies invites you all to a winter sheep seminar. 
That's taking place on Tuesday, next Tuesday, the 7th of December at 7.30 in the evening in Corn Mart uh, from Oye County Cork. So the speakers on the night include Eamon Wall of Sheep Ireland, and he's going to talk about Ireland's sheep genetics, uh, ready to make huge gains. Thomas Burke of the IFA, he's going to discuss CAP 2023 and corn schemes, also discussing dog control and also the new EU veterinary medicines regulations come in. And then finally, John Conroy of Tegas will be discussing how to tackle increased fertiliser and meal costs on sheep farms for 2022. So look, if you want, you can contact the Tegas office in Middleton on 021-463-1898 for more information on that. And just for attending on the night, please adhere to government COVID-19 guidelines. Just a second notice I want to make, um, Tegas East Cork are currently looking for temporary derogation support advisors. And to help out for four months up to the middle of April next spring. There are currently eight vacancies in Cork East. There may also be one or two vacancies in Cork West. People need to be level eight agricultural science graduates. If you're interested in taking on this role, you can send your CV by email to recruit at tagus.ie. Recruit at tagus.ie. And the last announcement I want to make today, the part-time Level 5 Green Cert course will commence next January 2022. This will be held between the Mallow and Formoy offices. This will be a first-come, first-booked-in service. So if you are interested in this part-time Green Cert course, you can contact Noreen O'Reilly um, in any of the Cork East offices. Her number is 87 2262, but you can also contact Noreen through any of the offices. If you're from the Cork West area, uh, there will be a part-time Level 5 Green Sort course as well as commencing next year, but that will be in September 2022. And again, you can contact, uh, the point of contact in Cork West is Pat Flannery, and again, you can contact him in the Cork West offices. Balancing payments under the 2021 BPS Basic Payment Scheme and Greening have commenced on schedule, the Department of Agriculture and the Marine point out. The commencement of the BPS balancing payments will bring the total paid under the €20 to almost 121,000 farmers. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, said that since mid-October, his department had paid out €769 million in BPS advance payments to over 118,000 farmers. Some 97% of all eligible farmers had received a 70% advance payment. He was happy, he said, to confirm that the 30% balancing payments under the BPS have now commenced and are on schedule. Minister McConnell also confirmed that payments under the 2021 National Reserve and Young Farmer Scheme were underway. He said he was pleased that payments under the National Reserve and Young Farmer Scheme were also being issued, as both payments play a crucial role in supporting younger farmers and new entrants to farming. Farmers wishing to contact the department regarding their BPS or ANC payments could ring the Direct Payments Section helpline at the following phone number 057 867 4422. That's 057 867 4422. Balancing payments under the areas of natural constraints. ANC scheme are also underway, with payments under the Protein Aid Scheme and Strong Corporation Scheme 
also due later this month, December. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. An extension to BDGP contracts for 2022 has been announced by the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell. He's given further details about how farmers who are participants in the 2021 Beef Data and Genomics Programme, BDGP, transitional scheme can continue their participation in the BDGP for next year, 2022. The application process commenced back on 18th of November and stays open up to 5pm on 20th of December 2021. For any queries in relation to submission of applications, kindly contact the following phone number 0761 That's 0761 or the following... Beef schemes at agriculture.gov.ie, all lowercase. Beef schemes, one word, at agriculture.gov.ie. Minister McConnell urged all 2021 BDGP participants to ensure they either apply online through AgFood or apply via the SMS message where they are signed up to receive text messages from the department. He pointed out 2022 is the final year of the BDGP before the commencement of the Circular Carbon Efficiency Scheme in 2023 as part of the next cap. This scheme will see participants receive €150 on the first 10 cows and €120 on remaining cows. And the phone number and online contact for any queries in relation to submission of applications for the BDGP extension to 2022 as follows 0761 06423 or beef schemes at agriculture.gov.ie John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Concerns for the future of the suckler herd were discussed at a meeting at Glosh Community Centre in Newmarket last evening. Another meeting is planned for Newport County Tipperary on Sunday, December the 12th at 8pm. The survival of the suckler herd is the theme of a nationwide campaign aimed at addressing the demise of the sector in farming. Irish Farmers Journal has reported the suckler herd has declined by 41,000 this year, with numbers down by 18,000 here in Cork. Donny Shine is chair of the Family Farm Group and says something must be done to address the decline. One of the concerns that I have of representing the suckling farmers of Ireland is that um, the game is nearly over, Barry, to be straight with you. Um, the biggest mistake I suppose we made down here in Cork was to let our beef factory go. And I think our second biggest industry is going now is the suckler cow. And if we don't stand up and fight for her, I, I don't think she's not going to be there in the in the distant future, Barry, because if you take the size of Kerry alone, which is a pretty big county down this thick of the woods, and indeed all over the country as well, it's probably the third biggest county in the country, actually, of course. So the point is, there's 43,000 suckler farmers gone out of the system within the last 12 months. That's the entire size of Kerry alone wiped out. Now, I, I think someone had to stand it. And, and, and fight for the cause here because, look, you have um, 64,000 suckler farmers in the entire country. That's a lot of farmers inside in a small island like Ireland. We need transparency out there as well. We need farmers on the land to keep the towns and the villages going and those small suckler farmers 
would be belong to that in the areas all, all, all over the country, really, to be honest with you. And I, I think they're worth fighting for. When farmers are being kind of kept on the land, they're working for the public good, and in, in, in return, they're keeping just the people in, in the towns and the villages alive. And when you're highlighting, your, what issues are you putting forward, Donny? What are you saying is wrong with this sector that it's not been looked after? There has been a scheme up and running there with the last six years have been rolled over for another year and the scheme is not fit for purpose really Barry there's such a thing in an animal as the confirmation of an animal that is not being seen with the last maybe whatever 19 years over this scheme being I suppose rammed down farmers throats getting a few lousy bob to keep them on the land it's not fair and I think and I'm not going to stand idly by with the Irish Family Farm Rights Group to see this happening anymore it's time to stand up and be counted and I think myself Barry if we get those the majority of 64,000 farmers behind us. I, I think we will we'll reverse the trend and, 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 and there's no reason why we can't. You'd want 300 euros, Barry, on the front loader scheme, maybe of the first 25 cows or whatever out there to, to keep those people viable on the land. And the fact alone that they're not keeping the cows, Barry, is another big factor as well. And Chagas has come out of this as well. It costs between 600 euros and 850 to keep a cow alone. So my point is, just to feed a cow alone, Barry, uh, to, and sell her offspring off at the end of the year, she don't, the, the, the offspring don't cover the cost of keeping the cow. Donny Shine, chair of the Family Farm Group. And the next meeting is planned for Newport County Tipperary on Sunday, December 12th at 8pm. Gráinne Hurley, Tiagasc advisor, is with us this week and in her role is working with the Tiagasc Dairy Gold Monitor farmers who are also signpost farmers. We'll discuss the topic in depth in Wednesday night's programme, in particular looking at how farmers will reduce emissions on their farm going forward. The cost of fertiliser continues to be a hot topic and how a cut in nitrogen will reduce emissions on the farm. To begin with today, Gráinne explains what the signpost farmers are up to. I thought in 2019 the Climate Action Plan was Simon's law and at that time it stated that national emissions had to reduce by 30 percent by 2030 of which agriculture had to reduce their emissions by between 10 and 15 percent but a lot of people are probably aware that these this was amended uh, this year in 2021 and it was signed into law by president higgins uh, in july um, and that the new climate action plan was amended which stated that nationally we had to reduce our emissions by 51 percent by 2030 uh, and agriculture had to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions by between 20 and 30 percent. So currently, total agriculture emissions uh, stand around just over 21 megatons of, of emissions, which is 37 percent of the, the, the country's total emissions. So the signpost program was launched to address these targets. It was launched actually in May of this year. It's a TAGUS-led whole of industry initiative to support farmers to reduce greenhouse gas emissions on their farms. So the target initially, when it was launched, was to reduce by 15%, but obviously this has changed now with the new 2021 Climate Action Plan. The farmers must now reduce their emissions between 20 and 30%. And within this programme, it's also about looking at improving profitability on farms, which is key, improving water quality, and also increasing farm biodiversity. So the Science Post Programme, it's, an, it's a national campaign to lead climate action, achieving early progress on these farms and reducing greenhouse gas emissions. It involves nationally a network of 100 signpost demonstration farmers who are central to the signpost advisory campaign. It's a four-pillar approach, it's a holistic concept, 
the signpost program firstly number one is the economics these farms must all remain viable efficient and, and, and highly productive the environment is crucial to these farms they must reduce their emissions improve water quality and maintain and improve biodiversity in farms innovation is key also that these farms must adopt new technologies uh, coming from research and also to diversify maybe as well on their farms. And obviously social quality of life and animal welfare also a key cornerstone sustainability in, in, in the next number of years. The signpost farms, so as I said, it's over 100, 103 signpost farms that have been selected across the country, of which 50 of those are dairy farms, there's 21 suckler beef, 12 calf beef systems, 8 sheep farms, 6 tillage and uh, the six of the college farms, the Tagus College Farms, are also in this programme. Uh, within those three of the farms in this programme are also organic farms. So there's a good broad spectrum of farms that would be demonstrating how to reduce greenhouse gas emissions on their farms. Welcome for progress on eco-schemes, which makes full payment more achievable. That statement came from the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, National Rural Development Committee Chair, Mr Tim Farrell. Mr Farrell welcomed concessions on the eco-scheme following what he called a lot of negotiations with the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine. He said the ICSA had argued strongly that the original proposals on the eco-schemes were unachievable for many farmers and had sought changes. Today, he said, the ICSA are relieved to see some additional options as well as improvements on the original five options proposed. This means, Mr Farrell said, that many farmers would now find full payment under the eco-schemes much more achievable. It was, he said, clearly wrong that farmers would have lost out, as was likely under the original proposals. Mr Farrell revealed that key improvements from the ICSA perspective were the introduction of three additional measures, soil sampling plus liming, enhanced crop diversification with break crops and sowing of 6% of area with multi-sward species. Equally important, he said, are amendments to other options. The ICSA Rural Development Chair said there are ongoing discussions to deal with issues on how forestry plantations would fit into the CAP proposals, as well as discussions around Natura land and land which has had areas of scrub redlined. Mr Farrell said the ICSA had been very adamant that farmers with land parcels with pieces red-lined and deemed ineligible must be treated fairly. The department, he said, was working with the EU Commission to ensure that from 2023 all parcels with up to 30% scrub or trees are deemed eligible for full BISS payment, the eco-scheme payment, and that any land red-lined could contribute to the eco-scheme non-productive area, also known as space for nature. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. For too many years, Mr. Farrow said, farmers with this kind of less productive or marginal land had been vilified. It was time to rectify this. Part of a statement there from the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, ICSA, National Rural Development Chair, Mr Tim Farrell. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. In recent months, Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, met with farmers and representatives of the farm organisations during a tour of March around the country to gauge their response to what was known about the government's CAP strategic plan for 2023 to 2027. So has Minister McConnell amended the plan as a result of the feedback received following his consultation with farmers and their representatives? John O'Connor is with me to discuss this. Yes, the Minister has made additions to the interventions already planned under our 2023 to 2027 inclusive CAP strategic plan. Minister McConnell said he listened very carefully to farmers through direct consultation with farm organisations and through the CAP Consultative Committee as well as on his recent nationwide tour of 27 March in 25 counties. And can you give details of the more significant amendments made as a result of the farmer input? Recalling that farmers will have to carry out two eco-scheme practices in order to qualify for a full payment, the Minister referred to the existing list of five practices already published and indicated amendments now being proposed to these options for inclusion in our CAP Strategic Plan 2023 to 2027 inclusive. And John, can you specify some of the amendments being made to which the farmer response has been positive? Limiting of chemical nitrogen usage. This practice is being expanded to also award more moderate intensive farmers who limit their chemical fertiliser nitrogen use to a lower level based on their stocking rate in the previous calendar year. Each farmer will be presented with their chemical nitrogen limit in the year of the eco-scheme application based on their stocking rate in the previous year. And how would this be exemplified? An example of this used by the Minister and the Department. Where a farmer who has stocked at, for example, 100 kgs of organic nitrogen per hectare in 2022, wishes to avail of this eco-scheme practice in 2023, they must ensure they do not apply more than 89 kgs of chemical fertiliser per hectare in 2023. So how will this nitrogen figure be monitored to ensure compliance? Compliance levels for 2023 will be checked using the department's own fertiliser register quarter 4 2023. Now, in previous programmes, we've covered the vital importance of trees in soaking up carbon and creating oxygen, not forgetting Derrygold's offer of 20,000 native trees to its suppliers for planting on their farms. 
Some farmers might have found it onerous to comply with the original CAP strategic plan requirement to plant at least three trees per eligible hectare in the year of eco-scheme participation. So has that changed now after representations and consultation between farmers and the Minister? Yes, that has been modified. The mandatory planting of native trees has been dropped in exchange for planting of a length of hedgerow to extend one metre per eligible hectare instead of the three native trees per eligible hectare. The hedgerow species chosen must comply with the requirements of regulations. A farmer can still plant three native Irish trees, as originally required, if desired. Can a GPS-controlled fertiliser spreader be used by eco-scheme participants? Yes, this practice is also being expanded to include GPS-controlled sprayers where they are used to apply liquid fertiliser and or plant protection products. So it would appear the Minister has amended numerous eco-scheme components, almost too numerous to go into in great detail. But perhaps you could mention the practices which have been amended or added in line with the feedback received from farmers. Certainly, they would include headings of space for nature, soil sampling, enhanced crop diversification and sowing of a multi-species sward. The addition of these and new practices will not only provide farmers with more options to participate in the eco-scheme, but will also contribute to delivering on the scheme's objectives in relation to climate, environment, water quality and biodiversity, Minister McConnell believes. We might add the Minister also made other significant changes as part of Ireland's CAP strategic plan submission to Brussels based on farmer feedback. Certainly, Barry. We have to hope now that the Irish CAP proposals for 2023 to 2027 inclusive are actually sanctioned at EU level when submitted for consideration. Thanks for that, John. Well, the arguments around the common agriculture policy have been well debated here in recent weeks. Europarl Radio has been keeping us up to speed with reaction in Brussels and Strasbourg from the European Parliament. In a moment, we'll hear from Ireland South MEP Billy Kelleher. But first, Deirdre Clune, also an Ireland South MEP. Well, I think farmers understand that um, consumers now want uh, more, as I say, food produced in a sustainable fashion. Uh, They know that the Common Agriculture Policy, the CAP programme, uh, is due to be implemented now and that they were in, we're in a stage in Ireland at the moment where there's consultation. The Minister has asked them how they can best implement the environmental requirements of CAP. So they're having an input rather than something being dictated to them. They have an input as to how they can work uh, in an environmentally friendly manner because as after all it's farmers who are custodians of the land. They understand it and they know it and they, they're best placed to provide the solutions that are required. How can you give confidence to the new generation of farmers? Because uh, you have ageing farmers. Uh, and, with you know, you hear very often with these new rules, it's too complicated. The job is changing. We're not working as we used to. What yeah, can I you tell the, the new generation? I think the new generation understand... Uh, as the previous, understand that they're producing food for a consumer that is becoming more discerning. They're consumers themselves, obviously, and uh, they know that. And but they're, they're, you're right; they will want to be compensated financially for what they're doing, and they have to. We have some cases where farmers feel it's not worth their while. It's the, the return isn't there. But so I think that's going to be part of the um, discussion as well to have more 
uh, delivery for farmers to make sure that they're getting their fair share, that it's not all the, the middlemen and those in between, because the consumer is unaware, of really, the consumer buys the product. But it's all, it's the processing, it's the handlers, it's all those in between as well. So we need more transparency and a fair price for farmers in this whole debate. Ireland South MEP Deirdre Clune, where Europarl Radio's editor Karen Coleman spoke to Billy Kelleher about the new cap. And he began by explaining the background to the approval for the policy. Well, yes, I mean, there's been torturous negotiations for quite some time around the whole issue of the common agriculture policy, uh, the reform of it, and, um, you know, setting out new policies to underpin agriculture uh, in the years ahead. So the Political groupings have been in discussions, the compromise is there, and it will be ratified by the European Parliament. So, I mean, you know, there's significant challenges uh, in the years ahead uh, around the whole issue of agriculture, and we have to ensure that Irish agriculture in general is supported through the Common Agricultural Policy, uh, Pillar 1 and Pillar 2, and that the government also brings forward eco-schemes to ensure that we can comply with the environmental obligations and to sustain um, Irish farming into the future. So, you know... While it is not what everybody wants, at the same time, you know, it is a significant step in terms of guaranteeing funding in Pillar 1 and Pillar 2, underpinning agriculture and the eco-schemes for the next six to seven years. But the problem from farmers' point, to, point of view is that it isn't what uh, they wanted in many respects. They're going to be hit hard, aren't they, in terms of changes to the cap and particularly in all the environmental legislation that they will have to adhere to. Yes, but I mean, farmers have always been very responsive uh, to policy changes. I mean, it is going to be a significant challenge. We have to ensure that the policies that are in place are ones that are achievable. Um, some of the targets are ambitious, but at the same time, you know, if you have ambition underpinned then with uh, policies and support in terms of financial supports and others to facilitate that transition, well, then I'd be very confident that Irish agriculture can do that. We have to bear in mind that Irish agriculture is, uh, you know, a significant industry in the Irish economy. It produces enough food for 30 million people, yet we've only 5 million living in, the, in Ireland itself. So from that point of view, you know, um, Ireland does uh, produce high quality food that is very sustainable from an environmental perspective. Now, what we don't want to do is force Ireland to reduce food output and that food had to be produced by some other country where they're not as environmentally sustainable. So I think we can be confident if we argue our case and more importantly, if we continue to uh, market Ireland as uh, environmentally sustainable in terms of how it's farmed, how, how we farm the high quality food produce and then underpin that with the common agricultural policy initiatives in Pillar 1 and Pillar 2, and then supporting, you know, young farmers coming into it as well and the move to more environmentally sustainable ways as well. Minister Hackett announces commencement of the 2021 organic scheme payments with €4 million Euro being issued to about 1,000 farmers at the moment. Minister of State Hackett said she was pleased to announce commencement of these advance payments of over €4 million Euro to the 1,000 approximate organic farmers under the organic farming scheme. Farmers in the organic scheme, she pointed out, earn these payments because they are delivering enhanced environmental and animal welfare benefits while responding to the market demand for organically produced food. Minister Hackett wanted more farmers to consider joining the already 1,000 strong and she was reopening the scheme in January 2022 for new applications. Farmers could qualify for annual payments of up to €220 per hectare during the conversion period and up to €170 per hectare when they have achieved full organic status.
Higher payment rates are available for organic horticulture and tillage farmers. Minister of State Hackett pointed out that anybody interested in joining should contact their local agricultural advisor or organic control body and begin the process. Chagas also have a series of organic webinars available on their site at www.chagas.ie to view. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. Minister McConnell urges agri-food exporters to the UK to continue their preparations for the January 1st, 2022 UK import controls. The Minister has highlighted new pre-notification requirements from January 2022, coming in on a bit-by-bit phased basis from 1st of January 2022. Minister McConnell has urged business operators and agri-food exporters to continue their preparations to meet the new UK control requirements, which will apply on a phased basis from 1st of January 2022. Minister McConnell pointed out that most immediately, new pre-notification requirements in respect of exports to Great Britain of products of animal origin such as meat, dairy, fish and composite products will come into effect on 1st of January 2022. The Minister urged food exporters to familiarise themselves with these new requirements and to make the necessary arrangements in good time. Assistance available from the department at the following phone number and website. First of all, Brexit call at agriculture.gov.ie. That's all lowercase. Brexit call at agriculture.gov.ie. All lowercase. And a phone contact for the department to clarify the new UK import controls coming in on a bit by bit phased basis operational from 1st of January. The phone number. 01607 John O'Connor for Farm Talk. An article in the Irish Farmers Journal outlines some of the employer's obligations and the employee's rights when working on farms. Entitled Hiring Farm Staff, What You Need to Know, it's with the money mentor Margaret Nolan. The Workplace Relations Commission is responsible for setting down what are the rights from the employee side or the from the employee side, what are the obligations on the employer's side? And ultimately, that there's equal pay or some rate that's the minimum wage is payable to anybody that works on a farm. Now, to be honest, in re- reality, I would say many farm workers get paid an awful lot more than um, maybe the minimum wage. In particular, perhaps if you're milking cows or you're on a big dairy farm, often it's not, you're paid an awful lot more than 10.20 an hour, which is the minimum wage at the minute. You're probably getting about maybe 13 or 15 euros per hour, depending on what the, 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 the hours you're doing and maybe how big the farm or how many cows have been milked, that kind of thing. Uh, they would say, based on the payscale, uh, com, they would state that a farm worker gets about 27,000 per annum. That's not a huge amount of money. That works out about 2,200 a month. But that's just a general a general amount, I suppose, really. Different farm workers do get paid differently. But I suppose there has to be a basic rate. And under the general employment legislation, you should get paid at least the minimum wage per hour. And do we know if this minimum rate is being observed in the sector, Margaret? Yes, I think we do. Uh, I think basically it is. 
The only grey area probably is if somebody is on some of those targets courses where you're trying to get qualified for your green certificate, there's a bit of a grey area there, I think, because then you're placed on a host farm. And sometimes because the legislation by, uh, or rather the, the rules from Chagas have to do with running of those courses, they haven't been updated since 2007. And it's rec- there's a recommended expense allowance written into those rules. Uh, to be honest, that's quite a low amount. Uh, and maybe some people would take advantage of it. Um, so at the moment, Chagas are querying all of that. And they're doing, I was talking to Dr. Anne-Marie Butler, who's head of education with Chagas, and she's confirmed there's a deep review under, under view at the minute. And they're hoping that that will be uh, that will be regulated in the sense there'll be a recommended rate allowance to ensure that the host farmers pay an appropriate allowance to those students. Because they're young farmers, they're they're trying to get their qualification and they have to get practical experience. So that's kind of a grey area at the minute and hopefully that could be sorted out. Does the whole suite of obligation for the employer and, and rights and entitlements of the employee extend to the farm environment the same way as it does to all other sectors of employment? Oh yes it does, yeah, like the employment law will, will you could be... Uh, as regards an employer's obligations, it, it goes across various uh, areas like employment law, taxation law, health and safety. Like basically, you have to give your farm hand, your farm worker, details of what you're expecting of them. They're entitled to get a, a pay slip. They're entitled to get uh, how many hours they're going to have to work. They're entitled to get uh, basically uh, to provide breaks and rest periods for them, and uh, that they're entitled to annual leave then over the period of. of the year that they're working for you. So it's all written down what an employer has to do, what they're supposed to give their farm worker. So, like, it's documented. So, yes, there is uh, rules around that. And, of course, as particularly because it's farm work, like, health and safety is vital on a farm to make sure that everybody is safe and that the, the, proper, um, the proper working environment is there to make sure that there's no injuries or to, to, to avoid any kind of injury on the farm because farm safety is really important. Indeed. Is there any leeway, then, for the irregular hours that some could expect to be putting in in the farming environment? We know it's different. The statutory holidays are four working weeks per year. You're, you're required to give that as an employer to an employee. The employee is entitled to that. They're also entitled not to work longer than any than 48 hours per week. And uh, if their employee is employed for two continuous years or more, they're entitled to statutory redundancy. But uh, I suppose the 48 hours per week, um, it would vary on a farm, I would think. Uh, but I suppose as long as everybody plays fair with that, you know, maybe some weeks you mightn't be as busy as other weeks. Like, for example, in the calving season, you probably be very busy perhaps but maybe in summer you mightn't be as busy depending you know so I suppose as long as everybody plays fair that the 48 hours is is the statutory amount they're the hours you're meant to work up to 48 hours. And if a dispute were to arise Margaret then between the employer and the employee do all parties involved there have recourse to the industrial relations mechanism that everybody else has? Yes they do they do because the employer has to document what they're paying their farm worker, how many hours they work for them. And under the Workplace Relations Commission, that has to be detailed and they can inspect those records at any time. So if somebody was maybe not doing what they're supposed to do or taking advantage, they can, the employee has rights there and the employer would have to produce those records. So yes, they have, they can, they can go for unfair constructive dismissal or whatever it might be. Yeah, they do have the same rights. And you mentioned earlier that there are probably different structures in relation to students or trainees. You uh, gave the Tagus example. Part-time workers, would they come under the legislation here as well? 
yes, they would. They would. Uh, you're entitled to get paid for the work that you do. And the like the general agricultural worker uh, comes under what we call the general employment legislation. So it's it's documented that you should at least be earning your 10.20 per hour, which is the minimum wage. Now, if you're of a different age group, uh, if you're a younger worker, there are different rates for younger workers, say under 18 year, years of age, and that's documented as well, statutory minimum early rates. So if you're under 18, you don't have to get paid the minimum wage. You can, at, at 18 years of age, you only need to get paid 8 euros and 8 cents. Like that's documented, which seems very little really, to be honest. But at the same time, if you're, wrong, if you're not experienced and you're just doing maybe work experience, you want to learn. Um, at least it's documented what you should be earning. And that's quite right across the board for general employment rules, really. Money mentor Margaret Nolan, that article entitled Hiring Farm Staff, What You Need to Know, it's in the Irish Farmers Journal. Caroline Jennings is with us again this week with an update on ploughing in Cork West. Cara Moore, ploughing match uh, was held last Sunday and under good conditions. And the results are as follows. In the senior conventional, first John Murphy, Second, Kieran Copley, and third was Jim Grace. Intermediate, first, Ger Kirby. Second, John A. O'Donovan. Third, Stanley Dean. Under 28, first, James O'Sullivan. Second, Aidan O'Donovan. Third, Niall O'Driscoll. And fourth, David Walsh. Under 21, first, Noel Nine. Second, Jeff Witcherley. Third, James Jennings. The farmeress was Katie Hayes, and the mocker. Michael White. The three furrow, Cyril Maguire. In the senior reversible, we had Ger Coakley first, Michael Witchley second, and Lima Driscoll third. The under 28 reversible, we had one competitor, Connor Fall. The three furrow reversible, first, Tim Lawler, second, Jerry Creedon. In the senior hydraulic vintage, first, John O'Neill, second, Leslie Wolf, third, Dennis Commons, fourth, Mike Coomey. And we had one competitor in the trail of vintage, and that was John Wolfe, as in the single furrow with one competitor, Gordon Jennings. The novice hydraulic vintage, first, Ger Collins, second, Pascal Coughlin, and third, Vincent Bennett. Now, that's the results from Cahar Moore. And if you go on to Clannacilty, weather permitting, they will hope to hold their ploughing match this coming Sunday, Sunday the 5th of December, on the lands of John Sutton, Rock Savage, Clannacilty, P85E436. Now, please note the starting time is 10.30 a.m. sharp. And are to be in today, Saturday, by 12 noon to Caroline on 087-6779-553. And thanks to Caroline Jennings. Right, Tuhig of Shandun and Balancholic Mokra joins us again this week. Festive cheer is top of the agenda across Mokra and Cork at the moment. Glanmire will host a Christmas quiz on the 8th of December and that will take place in the hut in Watergrass Hill. Funds raised will be going to the Cork University Hospital Children's Hospital Appeal and there will be prizes for best dressed on the night. On Thursday, December 16th, members of Whitechurch Mokra are planning to head into Cork City to do an hour or two of carol singing in the evening time to raise money for Cork Simon. Carrigaline Mockra's New Year's Eve Ball will take place in the Rotestown Park Hotel on December 31st. There'll be music by the Alley Cats, followed by a DJ. Tickets for that are on sale now. A number of clubs across Cork are involved in capers and practice is in full swing. The Cork County Round takes place on December 10th. It's a really busy time for clubs as they prepare for the stage, so best of luck to all involved. National 
Broadband Ireland is the main sponsor for the upcoming Club of the Year competition. The competition is designed to encourage clubs to be dynamic and active. In the long-running event, it's usually held annually at the Mocker and Affirma Rally, but with the ongoing pandemic, it's going to take place virtually, and that one takes place on the 11th of December. It's a Saturday night. So you can check us out on social media to see what we're up to, and new members are always welcome. Thanks, Mairead. And thanks to John O'Connor for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme this week. I'm Barry O'Mahady. Thank you for listening. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.